Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. This time, we're uh, wrapping up our Georgia hunt, and boy, do we have some stories for you guys. Uh, Shane, how are you doing, man? Oh, in recovery mode. 
yeah. Early recovery mode. Man, we got yes. some we got some stories. Uh, we got Texas in the house. Seth, what's up, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me here. Happy to be here. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, so, Seth, you came down to uh, to film this hunt, which uh, we appreciate. You did a freaking great job. And uh, the stuff that you guys went through to get some good footage, man, we, we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, Jacob, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Doing recovery mode. Yeah, I, I'm still like, I feel... Feel like I'm in a fog a little bit, but uh, maybe it's because it's all all the fog up here on the on the mountains. So yeah, um, yeah no, yeah. So we got Seth Johnson on the podcast along with Shane Parker. Um, also got Nate Gregg over here just chilling as well. The uh, it's been an interesting uh, interesting hunt. So we we got again a lot to talk about. We had me and Nate had a big buck encounter. Um, mm. pretty pretty freaking awesome buck. Um, and then I can think there's a lot of lessons learned from all of us on, on this trip, but. Shane, I, I want to kind of pitch it over to you real quick. From our first podcast we did, after kind of doing our you know first day of scouting and all that kind of stuff, and, and kind of what we assume potential patterns are going to be, how did it kind of play out versus what you were thinking originally when we got here up on, on Wednesday? Well, I mean, <clears throat> I guess I thought originally that the hunting pressure um, would would maybe change the way they the the deer were moving but it really didn't at all like that was something i thought maybe would kick off make you could predict movement a little bit better with that and maybe wind would would generate movement wind switches and things like that this time of year it's just not so yeah i just just really realized that that early season hunting is just all about um little small movements and and just trying to predict them and, and when you mean by like hunting pressure like making potential movement maybe more predictable is you know, bucks actually using wind to their advantage for yeah. traveling yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And right now it seems like they don't care a no, whole bunch. Yeah. yeah, they just don't care. Even with the hunting pressure. Even with the hunting pressure, it's just, yeah, it's just not time yet. Mm-hmm. That's that's my initial impression after, you know, coming up here. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One thing about yeah. this place that we were all talking about is it's, it's pretty high deer density. And uh, one thing we talked about on Monday's episode, which if you haven't listened to Monday's episode, go back and listen to that one to kind of get the context. Because we recorded that the first night we were here going into this. And now this is kind of like the uh, color commentary afterwards, I guess. Uh, and we like one thing that I struggle with in a place like this, and, and I basically walked right into this this week, is when you find so this much deer sign compared to what I'm used to, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is this is so good, and you keep going thinking you're gonna find something better, but it it kind of all looks the same. Like you, me, yeah. and you, Shane, were talking about it yesterday. Like you find really good deer sign, and you just keep going, and you keep finding really good deer sign, and it's kind of everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know? And you're like, yeah. well, is this actually mediocre for this place, or is it is it actually good? You yeah. know, and and uh, I I feel like we I, I at least me I just kind of walk myself in circles. I mean, I probably walked past so many spots where I could have killed something, and just didn't get up a tree because I kept wanting to find more, I guess, or or I, there was nothing that really distinguished what I was finding from another spot, you know, just heavy beat down trails coming out of the mountains, intersecting another trail, and you walk to, over to the next ridge point, and it's exactly the same, and then you go to the next ridge point, and it's exactly the same, you know, and it's like, well, how do I pick between all these spots, and then you wind up like me the other day, and you, you don't pick one, you just walk until yeah, you dark. Just walk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like we're we're scouting looking for an aha moment, and there's no aha moments, they're all aha moments. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. That's really it, you know. Yeah. Like, when we, when we finally, we picked that first, that first uh, place uh, on Thursday and went back to it that afternoon, it was like, that was kind of an aha, like, this is good enough to sit on, and we p- I passed so much of that. 
you know, that I should have just sat on, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking there's no way they're going to be doing this because they got to have pressure on them, you know. So they got to be not using that. And so we passed up places to hunt because we thought pressure will will yeah will change that, you know. And, uh, speaking with pressure, I think one thing we realized there's there's a lot. First off, there's a lot of bow hunters up here. A lot, a bunch like, of bow hunters. Like way, way more than I would yeah. ever see in Alabama. Most of the public land that we hunt. Yeah, like yeah. maybe like opening weekend, you've got about this many trucks. But like after that, when we start getting the second, third week of seat bow season, it's kind of hit or miss. Especially during the week, there was quite a bit of pressure during the week here. Yeah, Wednesday when we mm-hmm. rolled up, when there was cars everywhere, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is, this is for real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But these people around here are yeah. mad at them. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, which is it, it's very interesting. I mean, I think that just some some. I don't know why the difference is between, like, what we see in Alabama like, versus, like, what these Georgia hunters are doing. Because they're all residents. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and there's some there's some diehard guys. I mean, there's this guy over here uh, not terribly far from us who's been at that spot every single every day. day, morning and even since we've been yeah. here. Yep. And yeah. it's just – to me, that that's fascinating, just seeing, like, that kind of pressure this early in the season. But, like, what you're saying, Shane, it's like, you know, thinking about – if these deer were reacting to this pressure, especially like, you know, any guys that are hunting down the bottoms, pushing deer higher in elevation, you guys hunting the top, pushing the deer off to the sides and off into the steep stuff. When you get into that really nasty stuff, other than like maybe one area y'all went to, which I'm probably may- maybe we'll go back to tonight, um, which is going to be some cool footage, you know, sitting yeah. on the ground in, in this kind of like this, these rock shelves kind of go up this mountain. It's like, they're not where you would expect them to be. If this was like, it, to me, the deer are in completely different areas compared to like how I thought this would be, especially if we were here like mid to late October. Yeah. Mid to late October, it's like I think they're going to be in some of the areas that we've been trying to hunt. Mm-hmm. But like right now, they're not there, at least not in numbers enough that you can actually pinpoint them. And it's yeah. like when me and Seth hunted uh, last night going to a spot close, very close to where Andrew was at and where Andrew's been at last – yeah, I guess two, he's, he's sat there twice now. Yeah. Um, it's like there's a lot there, – there's more bucks on there than some of those other areas that look a lot better, but for whatever reason, those bucks are on that ridge system more so in, than some of these more isolated, harder-to-get-to spots. Yeah. I really, last night I was thinking about it, I really think we're we're catching them in the transition. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're hunt, we hunted probably this, this week, next week, if you were here, you're, you're catching them in that summer to – pre-rut transition mm-hmm. where they're just moving somewhere you know that they're they're going somewhere that they want to be eventually but not right now so it's just like you're getting like little well he was here or or they were walking through here but that's it you know and unless they're like a feed tree mm-hmm. like we but that they were coming to you're just you're just catching a transition mm-hmm. you know and speak about feed trees so there, there's a lot of different things i want to kind of cover in this episode but one thing that I personally realize on this trip is the mountain oaks, these mountain chestnut oaks, which we have back in Alabama. Typically, you don't ever see deer eat them. At least in my experience, I've talked to very few guys that's actually seen deer eat mountain chestnuts. One of the only guys I know that has seen it and actually killed bucks off mountain chestnuts or mountain oaks is uh, Justin Houston. Okay, mm-hmm. and he killed a really nice buck. It was last year, maybe two years ago, uh, in some really steep stuff in Alabama on some public land where he had found a pattern, seen bucks, like a bachelor group, eating mountain chestnuts very early in bow season. Mm-hmm. And he was able to capitalize on it. And I think one, one thing that we realize here is because a lot, some of these white oaks still are not dropping. Like, it seems like a lot of these white oaks actually produced really, really well. Yeah. And Shane, 
you and Seth have been hunting quite a bit together this week and, and have found where Waddock started dropping where there's mm-hmm. some sign at. Yeah. But it's still so sporadic, and it's not like they're dropping super great. That Maybe it's not like yeah. it's just a super high focal area for you know deer travel. But when we got in certain spots, we were finding crazy feed sign on mountain oaks. Mm-hmm. And it's like these mountain oaks are raining. Like where me and Seth went last night, you need a hard hat in there. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, it's yeah. where me and Nate went a couple of days ago, and it's like when you're in there, you need a hard hat because it is yeah. possibly dangerous. I mean, you're gonna get smacked in the head. Yeah. There was yeah, there was one time when we're when we, me and Seth were picking the tree to get up in. I hear I hear one fall hit the ground. It sounded weird. I look at Seth and he's like covering his head up, and I was like, Did it just <laughs> I was not me? hanging out under yeah. that tree yeah. any longer than I had to. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was a some spot. things were thumping, thumping, dude. And in those areas had it had big buck sign we found some uh when me and nate went in there some like a a a very very large rub or actually a couple rubs on mountain laurel where like i've never seen a buck rub mountain laurel like that ever where he had actually he had rubbed enough and it was probably about an inch and a half in diameter at the base of what he was rubbing and mountain laurel is a very very hard plant like it's like it's one of those things that like you can't it's hard to bend and break it especially if it's bigger than like maybe like one of your index like maybe like your index finger and he had snapped one of those and split it in two, shredded it, and then shredded another one next to it with tying marks that were, you know, almost like sternum high on me. Um, and I'm like, that is super impressive. And it was right next to some really hot feed sign. Um, and then, you know, some of these areas that we've gone into, like where Andrew was at on the same ridge system on this part of this mountain, <coughs> had found, I think, a total of four scrapes maybe in there. Mm-hmm. Three, yeah. of, three of them were fresh. Were like they Very were, fresh. They had just pawed it in the last day or so when we were in there. Um, and then when me and uh, Seth were walking a little bit further in, past some of those scrapes, found some more really fresh, really impressive rubs. Yeah. And it's yeah. like one thing we're realizing, because we're, we're seeing some deer and seeing some bucks, some of them are still in velvet. Some of them are hardhorn. Like the big buck that me and Nate saw was hardhorn, chocolate rack. Who I mean, I don't know how long he's been hardhorn, but it didn't look like he had a lick of velvet hanging off him. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see some other deer. And it's like they're still completely still in hanging. velvet, which yeah. is just you know fascinating to kind of see that yeah. difference between all these yeah. deer. I think until you get them all hard, hard horned, that that really good like you know series of rubs that'll lead you somewhere, lead you to a bedding spot or something like that. Yeah, that's going to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. You know, until they all get that away. That away, all of them's t- testosterone is rising. So even the ones that have been out of velvet for two weeks. Their 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 testosterone is being forced up by the other deer that are now coming in, you know, uh, losing their velvet. You know, it's like yeah. a competition thing, you know. And their bodies sense that. Their physiological bodies, you know, sense that, you know, uh, change, especially as you get the photo period, they start shortening. So, I think yeah. that's something. Uh, one thing I want to say about that ridge that we found all the buck sign on is – uh, so like I was not the main subject of this video that we're filming this week. It was it was Jacob and Shane. So I was trying to not like interject my opinion too much. But now we're doing the podcast, so I get to interject my opinion on what Jacob did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I that ridge system over there, Shane. Me and you had talked about it before we came up here, and it's not mm-hmm. part of like the big mountains. So there's big mountains all around here. Mm-hmm. This is a lower ridge system beneath all the mountains. It's maybe maybe half as high as all these mountains around here. And it set it's it sets up as like a topo hub, mm-hmm. and for like the audio listeners, like if you take your hand and you look at your hand, like the palm of your hand would be the center of that topo hub, and your fingers coming off would be the finger ridges. And basically, we hunted like between like your your pointer finger and middle finger. So like where 
that that would be like the drainage in between and yeah. we hunted at the head of that so we hunted like you know in between your pointer and your middle finger like facing towards the palm of your hand so that's how that ridge top hub set up and there was a lot of feed sign in there they were eating on the mountain oaks there were scrapes in there uh and we only hunted it twice like i sat with jacob and filmed him the first night we saw a couple deer and then i hunted it by myself yesterday saw a couple deer ended up uh seeing a doe and fawn come by and the fawn was just too small so i was like man i can't shoot this doe <laughs> and then a velvet spike came up and buddy i was tempted i'm not too good <laughs> to shoot a spike man so i i, I was kind of tempted if he gave me like a real easy shot i was like yeah i'll wrap this trip up yeah. on you buddy <laughs> yeah. andrew could have killed his first velvet buck ever and could have had his his velvet uh spikes you know treated and put on his keychain <laughs> and oh, he, just, he just didn't do it didn't I, I, I t- when you text me I was, I was telling Seth I'm like dude let's see if he'll kill his first velvet buck like, let, let's just drag out this 85 if, pound if he spike. made it easy if he co- came out at 12 yards on my strong side I was going to yeah. shoot him for sure yeah. but anyway that so that ridge top hub I think one one thing that looking back and and I didn't hunt it yesterday or the day before yesterday because I caught, I thought Jacob was going to go hunt it, but I was like, man, the whole time I was like, God, oh, that's the place. Like I, we yeah. sh- we should be in there because the sign is there, and even though there's a really high deer density here, that doesn't mean that the deer are like everywhere all the time. Yeah. You know, so in a in a place like that hub, I think that it's the right spot, and I just think you need you got to give it three or four days. You know. Oh and, yeah, yeah. And you just yeah. and we hunted a different spot every single hunt basically this trip and i think that that really shot us in the foot because like you know that even with all the feed sign over there and all the good looking stuff at the end of the day you're giving it three hours in the afternoon you know by the time we were getting out there and getting set up you're hunting for basically three hours out of a you know four and a half day hunt and so that's I I don't think that's really enough time. I think that if we'd have put more time in it, we definitely would have got a crack at a doe or something. But yeah. I oh, I yeah. think we would have got a crack at a buck because there's just there's obviously one hanging out in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But we just kept bouncing, bouncing around, around looking for something else that mm-hmm. looking know, for something better that we really yeah. didn't know what we were looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's really hard. I mean, you, you get you you come to a new place. That's what one of the things I've learned. This I mean, is coming to a new place and and not trying to see the entire place. Yeah, you know, like just stick to where you think is good and and hunt it out. Buckle, you know? buckle down, yeah, on buckle it. down on it. Yeah, instead of just trying to bounce around and see as much as you can see. Don't be a tourist. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't. That's that's why too, man. It, it would it would be so helpful if like a like a week or two before this hunt, you could come up here and give it like two days of just mm-hmm. good walking and kind of yeah. get that out of your system. Yeah. Because there there is that adjustment period. I think we might have talked about this on Monday where like that first two days of the hunt, you're just like kind of getting your bearings, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're driving around, you're trying to figure out what the access is like, you're trying to figure out what sign is good sign. And then you, you know, later in the hunt, hopefully you're kind of buckling down and hunting something. But man, we just, we, we bounced around a lot, but we ended up finding good stuff. We yeah. just weren't able to capitalize on it. I mean, like... I want to get into some actual stories here because we got some dandies. Uh, but <laughs> before we do, I want to I want to get Seth's take on this. So Seth, you're from East Texas, or from, you know from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your thoughts now after hunting in the mountains, seeing Mountain Laurel for the first time, you know, all, all, and all this kind of stuff? I mean, what what is your take after kind of falling chain around? Yeah, uh, I mean, first of all, yeah, it was an absolute privilege to be able to spend some time with Shane. He's got a lot of experience, and this is all new for me. And uh, appreciate you guys having me up here as well. It's been a really cool learning opportunity. Definitely different than anything I've ever seen or even traveled through, let alone 
tried to uh tried to hunt and get on get on bucks successfully but uh it's been a totally different different experience um Shane showed me what mountain laurel looked like for the first time <laughs> and Jacob showed me what it felt like to get left behind in it <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Golly, so yeah from, from a high level jacob uh, a couple of things that i figured out is just uh J- jacob gets in the woods he's moving and if you get Plus, left yeah. behind and also you know in, in texas when you're walking through the woods when you know when you're pushing you hold the branch for the guy behind you oh gosh <laughs> and Jacob wants yeah. to take your eyeballs out. Golly, Jacob, what are you doing? Whip, whiplash he came you all the way out here to film us. You're whacking him with limbs, <laughs> abandoning him in the dark in bear country. I didn't realize he was that close. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I was on, telling you, man. On the way out, yeah. I was I was sticking close because as soon as we got out of the tree, we got lost in three minutes. Look, but and then we had <laughs> yeah. to go straight up. We were just a little low. We, were we had cr- to go straight up the mountain and crawling through mountain low. That yeah. sucked. Yeah. I had already tried to kill him the day before. Why <laughs> yeah. did you have to do it again? I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah, I, that's what I was telling one of y'all before this hunt. I was like, look, man, Jacob. Jacob's a big old boy, but he'll eat yeah. a hill, man. Like he oh, yeah. will, he will walk you into the dirt. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got. Oh, me and oh, me. I was gonna say <laughs> he we, took we, Nate on a death march. Yeah, I, 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 we don't have another <laughs> mic for Nate, but like. Dude, me and Nate went into a spot. That sucked, man. Had to come right up a freaking face on one of those little mountains. And, oh, my God, that last couple hundred feet, 100 feet, 150 feet going up was just straight mountain lower. And it was steep as crap. <laughs> it was like on, on a slope, on a slope angle shading on Onyx, it went from, it was like bright dark red on like each side of this little point. And it was like a lighter red going down. And, dude, we walked up that crawling through this mountain laurel got to the top and dude i was like i, I did i was i was like i get i need five minutes i, I gotta i gotta catch i gotta catch my breath and nate came up and nate, nate had his so, so nate's actually hunting out of his uh uh turkey vest which is pretty slick oh, uh, so he's got I'm all the stuff about. in there and we didn't realize till he got back dude he had like because we didn't have like our gear with us we just had our bow because we were just kind of scouting dude he was carrying like extra cam buckles and stuff unless he, he had all this extra weight in his vest that he didn't realize he had and we were just climbing mountains like, it's like he's walking around with a weighted vest the whole time i was like oh dude that sucks like, that that night when he came back in here and like you had left i asked him what he thought and i i, I don't believe he cusses but the way he looked at me i believe he was cussing like I, I, there was there was legit like madness you know, like, on his face. Yeah. So oh my gosh. So this is this is great, man. So it's kind of funny how this hunt went. It it started real good on day one or two, and then like crap hit the fan, bro. <laughs> yeah, it literally did. Yeah, snakes hitting the wall. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, yeah, it was bad. So uh, yeah. so how do we want to how do we want to start with this? Uh, about, well, about how everybody's days went. Yeah, I mean, and I'll say, uh, you know, something that I want to get out of it coming in is uh, really starting to branch out and hunt out of state. Uh, last year, first being going to Kentucky, but I just went to film, didn't get a tag or anything, but just went there with a purpose to learn, same as here, to learn how you guys break down ground that you're not familiar with, what it's like to go out of state and actually watch people spend the time doing what they say they do, scouting, doing all the pre-scouting. I mean, we spent every morning, yeah. you know, searching something, you know, Sometimes to a fault, possibly, yeah. but uh, just wanted to learn how to break down, especially in, in elevation like this, which is a lot different than what I'm list- what I'm used to, and just uh, how you guys were going to go about breaking down and just try to learn as much as I could for yeah. for when I go out in the future. I, I will own. say this uh, before we get into all these stories: is I feel like we uncovered a ton of sign that you could hunt during the rut. Oh my! Like yeah. I believe yeah. we know we could come back here in a rut and and kill. 
deer. Yeah, like Kill pretty good because that's what we found, and that's that's like what we, I think what we had in our mind when we looked when we picked all these spots out is like we 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 almost had that mindset we're hunting like it's going to be a pre rut and it's going to be the rut, and we went to those spots and found those signs that old sign that would tell you come back here in a week before the rut, you know. Well, and the terrain sets up so well yeah. for it. It's so like one of the spots that me and Nate went to uh, was like the top of this thermal hub. It was almost like a land bridge where, like, you had these two or three big ridge, like, secondary ridges that came to one spot, and it looked almost like a dam of a big lake that, like, connected them all together at the base of the mountain, and it was super, super steep, and, man, there was rubs, there was old rubs from last year on it, there was a good scrape on it. Uh, really, I was expecting to find a trail camera, I don't think we ever saw a trail camera in that spot, but um, I'm like, dude, if you came back during the rut and could hunt, like, because you could sit there and potentially, like, look up higher up on that mountain... But you could sit, and I, I would feel almost confident potentially even bow hunting that during the rut, like that terrain feature, because it was so tight of like, if a buck was going to go past any of these ridge systems and catch like a rising thermal or even a falling thermal from deer bedded up high, he's going to cross right through that land bridge, that like that that spot that connects all these ridges together, this little high spot. And uh, it, yeah, there was so much stuff that we found. And really the spot that me and Seth sat last night where me and Nate had scouted, I think would be a awesome rut spot where you got a couple different drainages coming together at the base of the mountain, the base of the mountain, or like not the base of the mountain, but the top of the mountain. And um, you've got just all these different terrain features coming to one specific focal point. And it's like during the rut, that would be tremendous for any yeah. bucks cruising and he wants to catch like a rising thermal or even a falling thermal and working in those ditches. You could sit in that spot, especially if you had a muzzleloader or a rifle and, and do pretty good. Or even maybe even bow hunting in, in a spot like that, especially if they're a little more keen quarters. in. Yeah, yeah, close quarters, keen in. Because like if he comes around the side, of the, you know, that top of that mountain, not the very top, but that, that top third, he's going to swing right by that tree. So it's like, yeah. you know, it, it's a, a great looking area. But again, like what we're finding is some of those bucks are like in those spots, but a lot of them are like lower in elevation or yeah. they're in more uh, gentle, gentle terrain for the most part compared to like what we originally come in. Like we came out here like, man, we're going to climb up on some of these big benches on some of these mountains and find bucks. And like Andrew went to some of those spots and there was a lack of bucks on it, like a lack yeah. of whip rubs. Yeah. But the second you get to the little more gentle rolling like parts of these mountains, you'd find a lot more sign. Yeah. And it's like they're just not there quite yet. Yeah, they're of, transitioning. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're, they're, they'll be there, you know, but it's it's just we're just a month or two, well, you know, 45 days away, you know. Yeah. Or even I think, yeah. you know, we talked a little bit about this too. Like I think even if you came out and bow hunted like mid-October. Mid-October, yeah. On, like a, on a cold front that came through, mm-hmm. I think you could have a tremendous hunt of just mm-hmm. – Bucks up, checking scrapes, yeah. kind of covering, laying more of that sign down yeah. um, in some of these spots. And you, I mean, just as a bow hunting situation, could do pretty good. Yeah. Um, but one thing we found is also in this air, these areas, is there's like pockets of white oaks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you have like a whole mountainside necessarily full of white oaks. Yeah. A lot, lot of mountain oaks. But when those white oaks start dropping, it could be so, it, it could be, it could be good, but it also could be bad because it seems like all all these trees produce really well so you could be kind of in the same situation we're in now where there's feed sign everywhere and you're just trying to find the, the best thing that has yeah. the buck sign mm-hmm. you know connected with it yeah um which again you know we found a little bit of but it's like you know another thing is the bedding situation right now mm-hmm. you know it seems like bedding you know they're not necessarily bedding based off of what we've seen in highly strategic areas with like the hunting pressure in mind. Yeah. They're just kind of bedding in the, in the first good spot. Cause we found some beds. Me and Nate found some beds. We, again, we jumped a big buck, which we're going to talk about in just a second out of a bed, you know, 10 yards away from us. 
Um, but it's like when that hunting pressure gets up, I think you could figure out a little bit more predictability on where those deer are going to be in pockets and then actually kind of use that to your advantage. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. I, I feel like that. I feel like uh, we found, like I said, I feel like we found a lot of, a lot of really good sign for the future and we found a lot of good sign right now but it's just like that like i said it's just that transition right now uh the white oaks aren't dropping well enough to really get deer moving around a lot i think when you get a lot of white oaks dropping uh what you get is a lot of deer coming into that area and just moving through so it's a little more predictable like you can say well i got a group of white oaks here i can hunt off of them because i know you know with this high deer density probably something you know you're going to get four or five deer coming through and hopefully one of them's a shooter, you know, something you could, you could pop. But uh, when it's like this, it's just, you know, it's tough. Well, another (laughs) thing that we talked about, uh, Shane was like props to guys who can actually be consistent in this kind of area or like this kind of like terrain this time at this time of year. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because like it is, it's very, very challenging. It's, it's a fun challenge, but it's very, very challenging in order to kind of put that pattern together. And I think definitely like, using trail cameras could help out tremendously Mm -hmm. at this time of the year and trying to figure out like where, like, first off, where are bucks located at and how are they actually using it during the the time of days that they can, um, and kind of keying off that. But like, dude, it is, it is a very, very interesting year with the terrain, the topography, the diversity of habitat, and also just how like the hunting (laughs) pressure, I think maybe affects us more than it's affecting the deer right now. And you're kind of like putting everything together in order to try to figure out that success. Um, now, I'll, I do want to kind of get into, like, again, talking about some of these different hunts and these different spots that we've kind of set up on and what we've kind of learned. But based off, like, the sign that you guys have been finding, talking about with, with Seth and Shane, what – of all the spots that you've sat, and, again, you know, you know, y'all have had some encounters and stuff like that, what made some spots potentially better than others as in um, – like how the topography, how the bedding, how like they were traveling through, because y'all had some spots y'all set up, which we're going to get to with the children of the corn. Um, <laughs> but what, what was like some of these areas that y'all kind of found? Cause some areas y'all were going in super far. Some of it wasn't terribly far off the road, but it all had some sort of some sign that y'all were trying to key in on. Was there anything that kind of looking back at it, if you would have spent more time there potentially could have paid off better. Yeah. Yeah. I think the first, the first, that first, spot we went to when when we we found the it was basically fresh rubs uh we were walking down a creek uh as soon as we broke out of like where where we had found some hunter pressure mm-hmm. uh which were right around the crp fields mm-hmm. and got into the like the deeper crp fields we started hitting a rub line good rub line we followed it for a while and then it broke out into open timber and it broke out into thick so once we got through that open timber into that thick, we hit that rub line again, and it was really, really fresh. And so I think had we just, and we hunted there and seen deer, I think had we kept in that position, in that in that area, and just pushed a little more the next day, you know, like instead of bouncing around like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in that area, it was just a sign like that that rub going up the side of that hill that we that we both sat there and and we we basically followed an old railroad bed into this really unique terrain feature which i told him that's why i want to go in there because that that terrain feature just kind of the size it is Mm -hmm. cuts off a huge saddle Mm -hmm. like it just eliminates that travel from it and so they're having to go around it you know but you look at that when you when we got in there you could see that man they're probably using that as like a like a bedding area you know around that terrain feature Mm -hmm. just the way it sets up so 
we just started hitting the trails were coming off the off the the steepest part of that uh, face the rockiest steepest part that when i initially walked in there i thought there's no way a deer is coming off of that because it, it was very open, open yeah. yeah it looked it was very open but once you got past that like it looked open like you can see 150 yards once you got to that 150 yards it wasn't open anymore it was a rock field canopy lowered yeah. you know 30 it, yards yeah maybe. 30 yards was a long if you could see 30 yards you were doing really really well and it did not look like that from the ground from mm. where we were walking in so once you got up in there past that initial like open area it just turned into just trails coming straight down that that ridge yeah. and just so, like yeah you you're Andrew touched on earlier yeah. the network of trails around here just with the deer dense. I mean, we were pretty impressed. Yeah, uh, definitely. Even especially coming around those terrain features, you you, you definitely wasn't hard to find uh, what trails yeah. what trails yeah. that were being used, especially in and amongst those rock yeah, places. Yeah, exactly. And I I expected them to kind of be using like those little drainages and things like that, but a lot of those were just too choke full of rock mm -hmm. or blowdown or something. They were just using the openings in the rock. Uh, to to weave themselves around because that's the only place they had to had to move. So it's just, it's it's uh, when you come into a place like this, this has really unique terrain, uh, really unique to not not just terrain features, but terrain on the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's that 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 generates the movement and not the big terrain, not the saddle, not the little drainage, not the the bluff gap things like that. Sometimes it's just that little minute. You know, hey, this is a this is a, you know, 450 yard wide uh, boulder field, mm -hmm. basically on the side of a bluff that they're just having to work their way around because they they don't want to go anywhere else. It's the easiest way, it's easiest path, path of least resistance to where they're wanting to go. You know, and I think that's what we missed by hitting by seeing it, hunting it one day, seeing deer, and then not going back. Yeah, and that's yeah. my fault. Now, know. now, and, oh, Seth, no, I was just gonna say just to. To, to back it up a little bit from my perspective, I think it was it was interesting to see the way um, Shane kind of broke it down from a – we kind of went there with a macro perspective and then trying to find – and then he was also able to identify some little habitat features and then some other more unique yeah. um, features such as, you know, bends in the road or Ys in the road, things like that that you may be somewhat overlooked. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, I think Shane's ability to look at things from a, and I've heard Andrew use that term before, just a landscape level, a landscape from a really, really big perspective, and then start breaking it down from there for just the current conditions and then even the changing conditions, because we did have some changing yeah. conditions when we went in there. We kind of made some assumptions based off of that, but went in there looking for, like you said, the earliest buck sign is kind of being laid down right now, just on a day-to-day -day basis even, yeah. and that's what we went in there to find, but but going in there and verifying some of the habitat that looked good and started working in, started finding some sign and worked our way pretty close to where we thought a buck might be. And then yeah. we actually kind of did an about face and backed out from that spot. And yeah. we stopped and talked about that, where to work it, where, where to work it back from there. And that's kind of where we made some interpretations on the wind, like you touched on, yeah. uh, assuming that they would be doing some things based on the wind. Mm -hmm. But um, then we, when we started working around that feature and, we found some little fur. We we weren't sure that they were going to be up there yeah. on the on the yeah. mountain at first because it was so open. But once yeah. we got up there and you start trying to traverse that that uh, that terrain face, it was it was pretty rough. And then we got yeah. up and we found some really fresh sign. Yeah. And then we were standing there trying to combine this fresh sign with where where it goes next. Either 
you know, sort of a side hill motion or, or further up, and then 10 yards away, a feed tree. Yeah. Big feed yeah. tree. I think that was a big key to that, too. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, found that it was, rub. It was white oaks. Yeah, we found that rub. We found a rub, fresh rub, and I'm like, and it's in a location. I'm like, why is he rubbing that? Like, mm-hmm. it was on a trail that was coming straight down, and the and the, the the rub didn't face with the path of the trail. Like, it was off. It was It was perpendicular to it. And I'm like, why would he rub that, you know? Like that's what I was sitting there. Why did he rub that side of that of that that face? And you could see just a faint little faint trail, like just a few punch marks going directly to my left. And I just kind of walked that. And like I said, ten yards, and there was a feed tree that was raining white oaks that we hadn't found anything like that prior to that. And right above it was just a trail coming right to it. Yeah. So not, not a lot of yeah. scat or anything not, per not, se, not, but no. a lot of punch, a lot of, a lot punch, of punch holes, marks. a lot of yeah. turned over. Yeah. And, overly, and we and yeah. that's and that's basically where we decided to set yeah. up the first it's, time. It's almost like that buck walked up to their side hill, knew that knew that white oak would probably be dropping, and went to that trail and marked it, you know, and then probably went back up. You know, that was that. That's my thinking. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, also with this hunt, I, I want to get into this hunt because this hunt, the set was really interesting. The footage is pretty interesting as well. Uh, but before we kind of just break down that hunt. Uh, Shane, I want you to discuss or explain the whole idea with like these the bucks using wind to their advantage, like when it comes to, like walking in with the wind or a quartering wind or a crosswind. Yeah. Compared to what you're seeing on trail camera back home, like you you told us this last night or two nights ago about the whole idea that in the summer they do one thing, but come hunting season yeah. they completely change. Yeah, yeah. Because I see it on my on, you know where I've ran all these trail cameras is during the summer they don't care about the wind at all. And really, they don't care about it until that initial, like, I wouldn't say it's even hard horn. Like, they'll go hard horn and still not even pay attention to the wind. They'll go walking with the wind. But as soon as it's 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 physiological, it's it's got to, it's got to have something to do with with the the daylight period, something like that, because it's like a switch, and it's not like gradually. It's like overnight. And their movement completely switches, and like, and we talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's like they're there one day using this like regularly, and it's the next day they are nowhere near. It's like you, you just if you don't if you hadn't predicted it, you're like, where in the world did they go? And that's when they start caring about wind, and it's like it just clicks in their brain, and they do it, you know. And I've talked talked to y'all about it too. It's it's like I said, it is not like, oh, he's kind of moving off of this pattern. It's like. I moved off this pattern. I'm completely changed. I'm done with this. Summer's over. It's it you know it's time to go, boys. And mm-hmm. it's like that that they do it. And I've had so many cameras that when I first started doing it, and um, and you're like you're getting him consistently, and it's like he just disappears. He he vanished in the thin air. And that's when they start caring about that wind, and that's when they're crosswinding. And if you start, if you learn to move your cameras around, you learn to hunt off of that. You can pay it. You can notice it, you know. And it's just, it's just an immediate change, and it's like it clicks overnight. And so right now we're just in that period where they just don't care about wind at all. Like they might, if they knew a hunter was there or knew something spooked him, kind of like we talked yep. about with yours, he probably did try to sent you at some point in time to figure it out. But he's not like moving this time of year thinking I've got to get that, that wind in my nose. They're just, they're just, they just feel safe right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Yeah. Now, can I go back to this hunt that we were talking about with the feature, kind of going up that boulder field and everything? How did y'all figure out the setup for that? Because the setup's very interesting, because I'm thinking you're going to climb a tree, and y'all came back to the house after what y'all had found, and you're like, we're going to go sit on the ground in there. We're yeah. going to go sit on the ground, sit up against some rocks. So what was the thought process behind that and, and how y'all actually set up in that spot? I think if we <clears throat> would have figured it out, we would have killed something. So Yeah. <laughs> but we did yeah. learn a lot from yeah. from that first set. I mean, we the the deer basically, and, and one thing from my perspective is when we went in, we both talked about the overcast. Uh, we weren't so yeah. much worried about. We we were pretty confident they were up there, at a certain elevation. But so we went in, relatively well. We we made sure that we had the thermal in our favor, being an over yeah. overcast and cloudy day. But we went up there and set up. But the, it was it was rugged enough that we felt like we could tuck into, and the boulders yeah. and a couple of those little ditch drainage because and there was a, a small little rock face there that just off of where the main trail was and a couple yeah. of those feed trees and we just felt like when they come down they would have to split that rock face and potentially come right on top of us which they kind of did we were yeah. hoping they would use a little further trail it was a trail behind us yeah. um but it, but that was just gnarly we didn't expect them to use that but no. but they they did come down yeah. and that's what right i was worried about yeah and we talked about sitting in a chair uh, sitting in a chair sitting in a, a saddle like hanging mm -hmm. and i'm like if we hang here the way this sets up there the trails are coming down and the only tree in there um like we picked it out and i'm like okay, if i'm sitting here and hanging here like i'm literally gonna be shooting the deer He's going to be like looking at me as he's coming down because I'm going to be yeah yeah you couldn't get high couldn't enough get high to get enough, an advantage yeah. on him if you were up high it was we completely thinking. open and he, they would have seen you long before so you our, know our plan was to put ourselves in between you know an impassable feature and have them work around us yeah you know and then get a shot as they worked past us yeah. you know and weren't looking back they're kind of looking down at their destination yeah and we're trying to we're get kind of using that back cover to kind of conceal ourselves and let them get, you know, in front of me uh, where we could see them and, and possibly get a shot. But We were just too yeah. right. What do you yeah, say we were, we were too yeah, right? we were too right. In too that. close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have them come that close. It's And, you know, and how yeah. close again? I mean, I, could, I feel like I could have reached out with my arrow and poked that deer. You know, like it, <laughs> it felt like that close. It probably wasn't that close, but it felt like that close, you know. And we buried, yeah. by, by the time we heard them coming down the hill, they yeah. were – it, it was ten seconds later, and he was he was there, yeah. and he was coming. Yeah, oh yeah, he, he was, was coming, coming to those oaks. Yeah, yeah. He had nosed down right to that oak. Mm -hmm. That oak was like off to our left, maybe what, fifteen yards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he come in at like six yards. Little spike. Yeah, you know, and was like nosed down. Like I looked up, I heard I heard something snap. Heard heard the hooves hit the rocks, and I looked to my left, and he's just you know nosed to the ground like going right to it, and he just whipped around like oh, there's something here when here yesterday, you know. Yep. And and I I was I was kind of set up perpendicular to him. I had a big rock face to my back, and he was kind of set up to a rock face where he was sitting on it, looking to his left, hoping to get a shot to his strong side there. And maybe he just didn't have enough. Yeah, there wasn't enough back cover, cover yeah, to my head. Um, yeah. he bowed, bowed up to your to your yeah. shoulders, and mm -hmm. but not not enough cover to be that close. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was it it worked. I mean, yeah. I, I, we just, I still felt like I could have shot the deer. Mm -hmm. Like I don't I don't think I th think he would. Yeah, I mean, he offered several broad broadside opportunities. I feel like I could have, you know, if we'd have been looking to kill that deer, we could have killed that deer. Now, yeah. what else did y'all see? Uh, like, what other deer kind of came off that, that day? Because y'all had a bigger rock face. That impassable feature was like mm -hmm. a bigger rock face right behind you guys, mm -hmm. like yeah. uphill. And y'all had some other deer kind of pop out. Yeah, they were, they were a group of deer. 
Yeah, my, uh, my first instinct when we saw that spike was he did that spike didn't make that rub. So yeah, what yeah. What, what, what whatever they, he is, what he's he's just the front runner and yeah. and he's coming. You know this yeah. this nicer deer, whatever he's going to be, is definitely on his way down the hill. Yeah. So yeah. we were just trying to yeah to hold out there. But when that spike just finally decided that he'd had enough, when he busted out of there, the woods just blew up. Blew up there yeah. was at least four. Yeah, could have been five deer, a little fawn just hide held it right right over my back yeah. shoulder we had a fawn down the hill we had a fawn see that rock split and i I feel like that group of deer were going down mm-hmm. and of course they were going down that's the direction they, but i feel like when they got there to a certain point they weren't they weren't all on that same trail mm-hmm. i think they were all just kind of just filtering just down kind of filtering there. down and so it when he was here to our left there was a fawn i think that had worked herself her himself behind us kind of kind of to our right and behind like out of our out of our field of view like we're both looking back at this deer you know thinking he's going to work on past and then maybe there'll be another buck or something behind him and the the fawn was to our right and a little bit down and soon as she blew mm-hmm. that's when he said i've had enough she blew and and took off down the hill and that's when he bounded out and then another deer behind us started blowing and i looked yep. up there and there's there's a basket rack eight just sitting up on the rocks just above us that's still in velvet. You know, that's maybe 30 yards behind us. Uh, sitting on that big rock, like up on top of it. Um, and we just, you know, that he he bolted out and went back up. And uh, then I think another deer. Yeah, I think there was another there, doe. There was another there. doe or something with, that was kind of to the left of that yeah. uh, smaller buck. We never saw her. We just heard her blowing mm-hmm. like she went down the hill. So I just thought, I thought it was interesting that yeah. that though that dynamic of that group being together. Yeah, it was just it was a weird dynamic kind of. Yeah, it was just kind of odd. Yeah, and then like what two minutes later, a little fawn, another little fawn came down the hill, mm-hmm. and basically got almost the same point that that buck was there. She got a little further past him, and then she just whipped her head around, and basically was like, "I already heard y'all blowing down here. I'm gonna blow down here too," and took off. You know. When you think turkey calls, think of Houndstooth. Houndstooth Game Calls is a company based right here in Alabama, actually based out of Tuscaloosa, and they have been making some of our favorite turkey calls since 2012. Y'all head on over to their website, see what they got. They got a little something for everybody. They have a huge selection of different mouth calls, different cuts, different read configuration. I like to go on there and get five or six different mouth calls and just run them, see which ones I like the most. You know, some days I might like the KB hen, some days I might like the ghost cut. Some situations I might like the country girl call, you know, that I can cut on really hard where on other situations i might like the all pro that i can get a little bit softer on bottom line there's something for everybody and something for every situation and hey you can get 15 percent off of your order at houndstooth game calls by using the promo code sop24 that's sop24 use that promo code it'll get you a discount and it helps out the podcast Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. True Lock Chokes has been made in Georgia since 1981. 
and offering a wide range of chokes, over 2,000 different chokes for all kinds of shooting activities. You might be wondering why you'd want to purchase a True Lock choke, and it's to improve your shotgun performance. Absolutely guaranteed. And as a great example, we have Andrew Maxwell here. And uh, Andrew, you've had some pretty good luck, again, kind of switching out chokes and trying out the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. So, Andrew, what's been your experience so far? Yeah, I've, always, I've used the same choke for several years now. I never really thought much of it, and I got the True Lock choke in. I patterned my gun with the first choke at uh, 30 and 50, and then I switched to the True Lock and changed from 30 to 50. And the 50-yard pattern on my gun with the True Lock choke is unbelievable. Like, everybody's jaws were dropping. Like, when I, we were out there with Mike and Sam, we were all super impressed. I mean, it's throwing a better pattern at 50 now than it was throwing at 40 before my old choke. And Andrew, you're shooting the Precision Hunter choke from True Lock. It's a great option. Same chokes I have in my shotgun. So guys, if you want to give True Lock a shot this spring, you can head over to truelockchokes.com. That's T-R-U-L-O-C-K-chokes.com. You can also use the promo code SOUTHERN at checkout at truelockchokes.com and save 10% on your order. Again, give True Lock a shot this spring especially if you're not happy with the performance of your shotgun, and shoot with a more deadly pattern with True Lock. What other wildlife y'all see on that hunt? Yeah. No, the, that was that yeah. was post-snake. Yeah, this all happened uh, after the yeah. snakes and the rats. <laughs> the snake-mice chase that was going yeah. on around yeah. in between. Yeah. Shane's sitting over there, and he he gets my attention. I guess you reached over to grab your phone and just picked up a snake right well, along with it. First, it was the rat. It was the little, little mice came through because they had to lay down the scent for that snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's first those little mice because they climbed over all over you. Like, yeah. went under my back. Like I'm just sitting there and like I hear something rustling. And I'm like, it's. I thought. I thought first off, I thought it was armadillo. You know, like there's armadillos. Like, but it was it was just little mice, and they came right under right mm-hmm. under my back, right across, right us. to him. And then another one piled off right, right to my right, and they both took off down the hill. And not 15 minutes later, yeah. I really reach over to grab my. Uh, re- no, that wasn't when I grabbed my phone. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I reached over. And, like, I'm not looking. I just reach over. I know my phone's there. And I grabbed the And I'm like, this is a weird texture. And there's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, there was a snake, like, laying on my phone. And I'm like, I picked it up. Like, I had, like, that's a, oh. Like, <laughs> yeah, drop it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and he takes this, he takes this little dead limb. And, yeah. I'm, I'm, and he just, yeah. he flings it down, you know, down the hill. Yeah, good it, it kept 10, coming back. Yards. Like, it's like, I like, okay. had enough. I'm coming back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you know. At least yeah. we're at least we got that, got out, of that the way. out of the way. Yeah. And then, not a half hour later, yeah. <laughs> he's looking, I'm yeah. watching him. He looks at me. He said, Is "That damn snake." <laughs> it was back, he's like back. at my foot. You know, like, and and then I let him. I let him because I'm like, he's not gonna crawl up my leg. You know, like I'm not letting that happen. And he just got busted. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like get up and like, you know, get this thing off of me. So I just let him crawl up, and I had that little little limb again. I. Ooh, I made sure I got him way down the hill this time. <laughs> like you, yeah. You're going to work for it, boy, if you come up here this time. Yeah. Dude, he was hunting, man. He yeah, was he doing was what y'all were doing. Them, yeah, he was after them Them little mice. I mean, a little, there's yeah. a black rat snake or something? Black rat snake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, That's too funny, man. Yeah. Dude, if, oh, man, if I could reach down and grab a snake. I mean, I, dude, that would that – would, yeah. I mean, off. it's different if you if – you, you know, I've, like, picked up snakes before. Oh, yeah. But when you don't – when, when you don't not, know, no, that's what like, I'm saying. When well, you're not you trying know, to pick up, yeah. A snake. When you're not trying to pick up a snake, it's what kind of snake could this be? <laughs> Absolutely, like, yeah. No, no, yeah. especially in you know timber rattlesnake yeah. country oh, yeah. that we're in. Yeah. No, this place screams timber rattlesnake. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. The little the little uh, gentleman who talked to us when we first got here, he said he's killed eleven this year. So 
Yeah. Seen That's 11, it. killed 11, something like that. Mm-hmm. So he gave us a fair warning. He made a point to come back up here and yeah. individually warn us about yeah. the snakes. So. Yeah. 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 So, the, so that first hunt, man, seems like it went really, really good. Like y'all found the sign, y'all found the deer, like you saw all kinds of stuff. Yep. And then the day after that, uh, we haven't really been hunting mornings here just because of like how early it is and, and we're so unfamiliar with the place. We're like, hey, instead of you know setting up blind before daylight, let's wake up at daylight, eat breakfast, drink coffee, strategize, and then go out and basically just kind of spend the rest of the day, yeah, you know, scouting, hunting, whatever. So day two, y'all ended up bouncing to a different area. So what was kind of the thought process and everything going into that, and then, then how did it turn out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, don't, I can't remember exactly what made us go. Uh, well, we we, well, we were coming yeah. back from yeah. from scouting off yeah. of that major hub system that you had been looking at since we got here. Yeah, and then yeah. we were kind of scouting yeah. one of those, you know, distant micro hubs, yeah. drainages, yeah, off of that. So we scouted that in the morning, mm-hmm. and then um, which turned out really good. I found yeah. my, or I got to see my first pretty intense bear sign, evidently. Yeah, yeah. So but, that yeah. was really. I mean, it looked like a. That yeah. little tree took a lightning strike. Yeah, we, yeah, we, but I can't remember what like made us go into that area because it's kind of like one? just the, 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 one, the first the corn tree up. No, no, not the not the <laughs> one that not the not the let's let's kill ourselves in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, the, the one like let, let's go in here and let's just well, see we, we what's scouted, in here. That, we yeah. scouted that uh, corn the way we that, walked yeah, all we the scout, way through that corn. Yeah, yeah I wanted that's to go where back we to found that CRP field. We found that unkillable deer back there. Yeah, we well we located back months ago. You'd sent me the pen, and I'm like, that hub looks really good. And you, and so me and you had talked about it. And there was a CRP field way mm-hmm. over in the corner over there. And so I did some investigating on the property around it, and found out that that's like a private hunting club. I'm like, there's got to be a big deer on that, mm-hmm. you know. And so I told him, I'm like, we're gonna go in there. We we got, I mean, that's what I said. We got nothing to lose. I'm not going over and hunt that other place until uh, this afternoon. So we'll we'll at least look in here. And we walked through. 16 miles of corn that morning but it was really good walking like we didn't have any problems no that was yeah that was a that was a that was a really (laughs) like productive trip and that's where i'll be in a in a few a few months or well a month from now yeah but yeah we found some intense but uh intense bear sign though in there and it's it's a it's a terrain feature a huge like turkey foot hub and it's at the head of it it's like one of the smaller drainages that come off of it we found some hunter sign in there but not much and i don't believe anybody had been in there where we were no. i think where we found that 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 uh camera is about as far as they go mm-hmm. i didn't see anything else that led me to believe that hey hunters have pushed up in here and are doing anything again that's yeah. that's what uh when i referred to earlier see, seeing how shane was breaking down this huge you know map landscape feature and then looking around it to see you know how we could access certain certain areas of it based yeah. on conditions and then looking to see which ones had the best habitat features around it whether that be uh crops row crops yeah. uh yeah. crp some natural some more natural areas you did a little even went a step further just to investigate some of the private around it yeah. and we decided that this right here if, if we're going to find a good buck yeah. it could be it could be could somewhere be right in there. this area and we, yeah we walked we walked up on a, a bed right off the edge of that crp Mm-hmm. On the side that I figured there would be a bed on, the, the way the wind direction had been going, and I literally think we walked up on that bed because the, the grass was still coming up out of that bed. Oh, the deer was already the deer in. Was exit. Already there was there, yeah. there was trails. Trails. Just, we walked in yeah. on a single trail. Tra- yeah. But when you got to the bed, there was three trails, 
exit trails yeah, entrance trails. trails coming off coming off yeah, of that bed in different directions and prior to that we found that bed down in that hole like we found a bed kind of yeah. in that corn that's what like, I said, the, un- yeah, the unkillable buck. The unkillable buck, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because there's no way you can kill that deer if he's in that bed. Uh, it, it, I mean, if you, if, when you're walking in there and you look at it and you see that bed in that type of t- in that type of habitat, grass, and where it is, there's no grass. No, like he had laid there probably all the entire summer, browsing. That, yeah, bra- and I mean, that, yeah. Was- yeah, the browse super, line super around diverse. it was just everything's this high, and where he's at is like browse down to the, this high, you know. Yeah, just a, a ton of honeysuckle. Yeah. We even saw some persimmons, persimmons in there loaded, yeah. probably not yeah. dropping yet, but just yeah. a ton of sumac. Just yeah. it was, you yeah. could stay in there all day. And wh- and the problem was, we assumed for that afternoon that where we were going to go was not going to look like that. Mm-hmm. If we'd have known it looked like that, we never would have. <laughs> <laughs> we never would have went and did what we thought we were going to do that that afternoon, but yeah, we found that bu- that bed. We found that bed up on that the corner of that uh, uh, that CRP, and in in there was a lo- that that's like a big hub system. It's and it doesn't look like it from the topo. Like if you look at it on topo, it doesn't look like it has forty foot or fifty foot of elevation drop in there, but it does. Mm-hmm. It did. Like on if you're reading the contour lines, mm-hmm. it's only like fifteen feet. But when we got in there, it was more like 30 feet in the shallowest areas. And where it said 30 feet, it was like 60 feet of elevation yeah, drop. So huge. the topos did not did not tell the story in there. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lot of really pretty timber, like beautiful, looks beautiful woods and just absolute crazy nasty. And that right in that crazy nasty was where all the trails were like right, were going right to it. A lot of rut sign. Yeah, a lot of, a lot rut of old rut sign. Yeah, yeah. But nothing real fresh. I mean, mm-hmm. we found – you know, yeah. sparse feeding, yeah, feeding sign and stuff like that. And then we worked up to the CRP yeah. where we found that bed. We found a lot of the bear sign. And then we just kind of worked our way out of there. Yeah. I mean, that was a whole the bear sign. The bear sign endeavor in itself. But yeah, the bear sign was was impressive. It was what we found yeah. when we were actually on the way out of there that yeah. led to yeah us almost dying down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to because what what so what happened is when we were walking out and Shane actually cut some tracks on yeah. on that rocky road. Yeah. Uh, you know, late in the day, some really, really, really good tracks. Two yeah. sets of tracks look like a bigger buck and and probably yeah. his his little partner. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> so we sat there and we kind of just convinced ourselves we were smart. <laughs> yeah. And we had a, kind yeah. of interpreted the movement that that yeah. those bucks like, were. Oh, I bet he's doing this. I bet he, you know, yeah. So we we talked ourselves out of going where we had seen deer before and where we already had a plan to then go try to commit suicide in the <laughs> middle of a cornfield. <laughs> You know, or bleed out in the middle of a cornfield, I, I guess mean, you we, could say. Yeah. We were pretty sure where, where they were yeah. coming out of the corn yeah. and then where yeah. they were going into into the bigger woods and possibly down to some yeah. soybean fields. So, yeah. I mean, and it was like, it was just a matter of how far off this road, where did they come from? Did they come from some yeah. water features? Did they come from a drainage? So Yeah, we'd found all that, that, that older sign way back over in that CRP field. And so I thought, well, he's probably, and there was, there was, there was feed sign in there. Uh, yeah. There wasn't a lot of doe, there wasn't a lot of, I didn't see a lot of sign that there was a lot of does in there. Thing. Well, so. I, yeah, and it was, it was just uh, we kind of it's not to draw it out, but that was kind of what led us up to that point. We just cut some tracks, and again, yeah. you know, fresh tracks. Uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, and, we figured those tracks were done after that rain, and we'd come in. It rained that Tuesday night, and I'm like, well, those those were had to have been done since then. 
so we just put two and two together. I said, well, maybe he's back there betting somewhere. They're betting back on that back CRP, which I still think they are. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the plan was correct. Uh, so I felt idea, like we had a yeah. <clears throat> felt like we had a direction of travel yeah. at least, and so for me it was yeah. like you know to see Shane put a lot of emphasis on tracks, yeah, <clears throat> fresh yeah. tracks and track sign this time of year. Like you said, you know, buck yeah. sign being hard to come by. Yeah, um, yeah, we felt like that was worth trying trying to be aggressive and make a play yeah. on as ambitious as it might be. Yeah, so we, we decided that that we would try to cut the distance and figure that buck those bucks were probably um, if they were going to use it and go down to those to the to the ag that's lower which looked like they were the tracks that they were probably transitioning and staging halfway between like I, that's what i figured is they're probably going there bedding in that that crp on the other side of the big corn and sometime during the middle of the day getting up using those those like little wood they're like wood breaks between the the branches and things like that between the corn and working their way up a little bit closer to the to the road where all the pressure was coming from but all the pressure on the road was going the opposite direction so i figured they were getting close enough to that road that once they heard the car door slam uh at, at night um that was like their signal to get up out of their bed and go down to the to the the soybean uh fields basically below them the bean fields below them uh, and so we just devised a plan to just dive right in <laughs> and hunt right in the middle of all that. Like, right, like we wanted to get, we thought, we sat here and talked to Jacob, like, wonder what that looks like. We pulled up Google Earth. We pulled up every single thing to look and see, man, that looks like I could probably get right here and shoot across that little, that little neck in that little um, uh, oxbow. And if a buck is coming through that little woodlot, I'm going to get him. Yep. Which was also and, uh, really cool. We went from hunting Rocky Mountainside to yeah to crop fields to crop fields so, like like that. You know, it's a lot like, of fun. Yeah, a super diverse area yeah, for, and, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah looking at the map, we kind of made some assumptions that if if they were bedded around some water, yeah. um, out on the points of some water, um, yeah. And and so we kind of devised a plan how we were going to circ circumvent that, do a little scouting on a little spot on the way, and mm -hmm. work our way down a corn row. Yeah. At least the at least yeah. the best we could figure out to and, get and, all the way yeah. to that point. And yeah. by the way, it's a great looking spot. Like once oh, y'all yeah. once oh, y'all yeah. once y'all got back from that scout trip that that scouting trip that morning, started talking about. It, I'm like, dude, that does look really yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, And like, because I've seen deer use that kind of habitat in other states that we've hunted, where it feels like unless you get in there super tight to them, like mm -hmm. you'll never see you'll those never deer see unless yeah. after it's after dark. Yeah. No, I mean, we saw sign in there, you know, like really a lot of sign like down in there and you can tell they're not bothered in there. Nobody, nobody's as dumb as we are, No. you know, <laughs> to get down in there, you know. Well, like I said, well, so. Well, other than those, the, well, the, the picnic people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get to other that. Than they, they were ripping yeah. lips down there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, so, yeah, but yeah, well, I mean, it started off, it was a little rough getting in there. But once we got down to that first little, yeah. that little uh, end of that drain or that drainage, in, but yeah. that kind of in between area, we didn't know if we were going to have to cross through water yeah. or if it was just, and turned yeah. off, it was just real it was low just, and muddy. A lot of tracks yeah, going well, both ways, yeah. buck tracks. Yeah, and, uh, just, yeah. But quite a few tracks actually going, you yeah. know, still I, further I, back I, into the crop. By the time we had found that, that, ton of rubs in there. A ton of rubs, a ton of those tracks. By the time rubs. we'd found that, I think I'd lost a pint of blood <laughs> at that point in time. Like, I mean, because he was following me, and it was, I mean, there was enough briars in there, and I don't know what else that 
I'm, I'm, it was I'm surprised it I was had pants on there. at that time. Like, <laughs> it was that bad. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about yeah. talk about the plan about getting in there because y'all were yeah. trying to cross through like this buffer strip of really. It looked yeah. fairly thick, but we looked at it on the map like you probably could just like slip through that stuff. Yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we thought. It was just we're just gonna slip right. That looks grassy. That looks like we could just walk on top of that like carpet. Yeah, yeah. and it took yeah. us forty five minutes yeah. to go. Yeah. eighteen There's yards. a lot of doing this right here. <laughs> yeah. That's what I told him. Hey, yeah, I, I walked I, eighteen miles and I think I went twenty five yards. Well, I, I think I yeah. even told you at one point that you yeah. might have to just. Oh yeah, go no, I did that a lot. You know, like it was just military. I, I finally you hold started your bow using my, my bow as a hatchet or a, as a machete. <laughs> like that's literally what you saw me. Yeah, might, I can buy another one, but I got to get through here. Yeah, it's it's yeah. like well walking through some, a bunch of razor wire, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I told I, well that was one of the things I said. That dude that escaped from Pennsylvania prison just put that around his prison. He ain't going out. He's not getting out of that. That is awful. Like I'm telling you, yeah. Well, and, and we thought that might yeah. be the end of it. We're like, well, yeah. okay, we got here. We're yeah. still a, a good ways away from where we want to be. It's yeah. it's we're we're good to go, but yeah. it kind of got worse. Well, there. yeah, because I mean, then I had to crawl under that. I don't know what that thing was. That tree that took my back out. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, and it, but I mean, so, yeah. yeah, we at yeah. one point we were both yeah. on our on our hands and I, knees, yeah, trying to get through. The, and even the stuff leading out in the corn was yeah. just bad. Bad. Yeah, it was it was rough. But at least I mean, when we broke out of that, I told him, I said, they owe me royalties on this <laughs> because what we just went through <laughs> to get, to get some corn footage. <laughs> <laughs> like we deserve a pay raise. So, <laughs> yeah. so well, we yeah. finally emerge on that other side. I'm still crawling on my hands and knees through. You pop up, and there's three deer there's standing three deer stand, yeah. on a little buffer strip out there yeah. in the middle of the corn, kind of on this little high spot. Yeah, where, which is where we kind of wanted to go. Yeah, you know? because yeah. that was a big. It was really kind of a hub, and it, yeah. would, it didn't look like very dramatic on the map, but yeah. there was a lot yeah. going on there. Three deer standing up there. Yeah. Um, Looking like, what the hell are these idiots are doing? The, I've never seen anybody in here. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> what is that, you know? So, yeah, yeah we – we I mean, I, to me, we were still in the game. Oh, kind, yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of from that point, and then we yeah. worked up to that uh, – Yeah. Kind of that, that little yeah, feature that, on top that of the was, hill. Yeah, because it was like one really bad strip of just awful, like, I don't want to ever do that again in my life. Then a lot of really good sign, then another longer strip of I don't ever want to do that again the rest of my life, <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, so this is nice. Like but we the, got to that that, I mean, there was a ton of beds in all. Like that just yeah, goes to show you, you know, that's what keeps people out because nobody, like I said, you could tell there had not been anybody in that. And I told you that there's mm -hmm. nobody doing this. Mm -mm. Like nobody's pushing in here to do this because we thought we were yeah, being creative. Yeah, we thought we were being creative, <laughs> but when and we found a lot of sign. You know, like there. That's why there was deer in there. You they know, were in there. They were in there because there was beds all in that stuff, and it's just nasty. Like I, I don't know those those prickle bushes, saw briars. I mean, every briar known to man. Yeah, yeah, was in there, but there was just beds all in that. And when we popped out the other side, uh, and got to that that um, by the time we got to that um, that island um, in the in the corn, I was like, I'm I'm. I told you. <laughs> No. Well, yeah. so so how are we, we going we, to get? We started re-strategizing. Yeah. We were still looking yeah. at the point, but we kind of decided yeah. we were just going to burn it. And yeah. and so Shane's standing there, and he's we're we're recreating this whole strategy on how we're going to work toward this point or or yeah. dip down and then work because the wind was real sketchy up there too. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was a bit. That was yeah, one that of the big issues. That was, that was the thing that changed our mind. When we got up there on top of that. The wind was like five, it was like five miles an hour, 
five different directions, felt like. Yeah. It was just in your face, in your back, to your side, just whipping back and forth. It was just moving just, you know, every which way by that point in time. So we just, like, everything was going – the most dominant wind was going right to where we wanted to be. Yeah. That's basically it. Uh, to where we had in our plan in our mind, that's where we're going to be, which probably would have been okay. Like, it's going out into that that pond. There's, you know – so I felt like we were okay at that point in time. It was just I'm I'm rethinking being able to shoot through that. Right. You know. And so now it's like where can I go to 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 get a shot off, yeah. you so, know. So we decided we we may have to just burn that point and work yeah. our way around and you know, maybe maybe we'll jump something that d- doesn't yeah. and being in that tight, you know, maybe it'll it'll yeah. kind of stand on the trail and and pose for us for a minute. But Shane's that we devised this whole plan on on how we're going to navigate this and get around to that last feature where we ended up sitting for four yeah. minutes, and, <laughs> but but we yeah. you know the wind's yeah. doing this we're going to work on you know we'll see this and this side and this and I'm like okay yeah yeah well okay yeah. we've got a plan and he said yeah we're, we're going to do that because I am not going back that way <laughs> this puts no. us closest to no, the road I because like, I, I am not said, going back. I said that. we got to devise a plan to get close to that road <laughs> because if I'm bleeding out. <laughs> I want to have. I want to be able to easy access for the rescue squad to get me. You know, at that point in time. And plus, what we just came through was something yeah, I wouldn't put bad. any enemy of mine through ever. So we did work our yeah. way around yeah. at that point. Found yeah. a ton of persimmons, just yeah. low yeah. hanging oh, yeah. persimmons. I found out bottle brush. Like bottle brush can get thick enough that you'll want to cuss out your mama. <laughs> <laughs> it literally will get thick enough that you will just want to. <laughs> yeah, it was it's bad. Like that was a bad <laughs> fifteen acres of bottle brush that is just like that. <laughs> there's there's a reason there was no deer trails in that because they couldn't traverse it either. Yeah, you know it was literally just whatever could slip under it. You know. So we we uh, we jumped one doe near the near the point that we were kind of looked at originally, uh, and we just kind of worked our way around there. Then we finally got to our last. <laughs> the, the spot where we yeah. where we thought we wanted to end up and we kind of yeah. said we we kind of yeah just this end we're, we're trying to we're hoping to catch some movement off of a bigger feature coming to us coming to that corn yeah. maybe working their way out like we thought and then you know maybe going over the yeah the we mount down yeah. the beans so so we sit down we're just sitting on the ground and uh you know we're kind of looking around wondering what if we're you know we're sitting on trail there's not really any feed trees and uh, you no know, it wasn't a it wasn't a whole lot going on and after no. about no. Four minutes. Uh, well, it, it didn't take that long. Like we heard well, the barbecue going on. Yeah. <laughs> you can't forgot about the, <laughs> yeah. the the family yeah. picnic. The family picnic. So, so you guys have just crawled through literal hell. hell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're sitting there and you hear a child's well, voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, at first he thought it was a loon. Yeah. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah. I, we thought it was yeah. birds. Yeah. Yeah. But, it wasn't birds. Yeah. 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 So and I was it, like. I heard, I heard, Daddy, it's hung up. Mm-hmm. What do I do? And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Yeah, the confidence yeah. wasn't shot up to that point. Yeah, yeah. it was I'm, getting. I'm very sitting low. there thinking, why did I? What? What am so, I thinking? So listen, you know, I'm I'm in the learning process here. I'm, I'm sitting here going, you know, okay. Yeah. I'm like, uh, he's learning what an idiot I, does. I don't I don't want to. You know, I'm trying not to influence things going on, yeah. but I'm I'm thinking in my mind, you know. How, you know, how confident are we, you know, sitting here? I was like, I know it's the end of the day, yeah. but you know, we probably had a good hour before yeah, oh yeah. last night, yeah. you know. We could have, yeah. And, and Shane, yeah. and it's like Shane, he just looks over and he said, yeah, I don't know what the hell we're 
we're doing. That's it. That was it. I said I have zero I have zero confidence (laughs) in what we're doing right now. That is kind of nice. Let's yeah. just go. Yeah. So pack it up. Let's the, go. The little kids yeah. were the nail in yeah. the coffin. Yeah. Though. Yeah. The little kids were like that and thinking, there ain't nothing coming through here but an armadillo. <laughs> like literally. You know, and that, it's, you know, it's, it's funny as heck to think about, you know. I mean, it's funny to think, how in the world did them kids get in there? Like I told him, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the parents just got out and threw them into the lake. <laughs> Tossed them, <laughs> them over the corn. Like, we, we've got here. We've got to where we want to fish. Well, how are we going to fish? <laughs> you know, just get, get in the lake because I don't know how they got there. You know, I mean, that sh- other otherwise those kids have been tortured beyond belief, yeah. and that's like, you know, this is like their their escape. You know, is to go out and walk through that. You know, oh my god, <laughs> that, that was awful. They, they were suited up yeah. to with briar, briar yeah. beds, briar jacket, whatever. Yeah. They were stuff. dressed. I, I'm, I'm cussing y'all for not having those sawbuck pants when I was coming through that because I needed those like all over. Did some of those briar bibs, man. Yeah. That, and that was that whole pond like around that pond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, when you got back, oh, God, dude, it. I wish we had it on. It was so funny because you got back and you were like, it's 25 yards. It just... You, <laughs> You, you could put it around a prison. <laughs> yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. They, they need yeah, to come I, up. Yeah. I had I had yeah. blood in the folds of my elbows and. Around well, I mean, look my at my legs. Wrist. I mean, yeah, you they got were covered. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got back yeah. and you took your boots off and your feet were blood. Oh yeah, I've got briar marks well, on my feet. And you and had I, you had yeah. snake <laughs> you had snake boots on yeah, and your feet were yeah. bleeding. Like I have I have scratches up where the snake boots are at. Like it got everywhere. Like I've never seen. I've never seen briars like that. I pulled off my boot and a corn cob rolled out. Like, what's happening? You know, it's just bad. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it, it was a it, that that was that's one for the ages. Like yeah. when I, when they when they when they put our when we're dead in the ground and they're writing our our tombstone, they're gonna pay. They 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 survived the corn maze. You know. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God! Dude, we were, y'all, y'all forever have a bond now. Yeah, we do. Bonded we're like, and we're suffering. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we're we're joined the hip now because it that was that was rough. So but we it, just rode yeah, the roads. Yeah, yeah. At that point in time, we just started and, uh, hunting hunters. Getting but close that goes to the to show you like what what if, I mean you know, and we talked about it too. Is not hunting mediocre side. It's like when you get to a place and you think, well, it's it's great, you know, like it's it's got so much promise and you get there, there is no need in sitting somewhere that you don't feel confident mm-hmm. in because it just, it kills your psyche. You know, at the time we got we to that point that. in time, it's like at that point in time, if we'd have kept sitting there, we would have probably dreaded any other hunt from that point on if we just yeah. kept sitting there and finished that out. It, it's just better to cut your losses, yeah. you know. And 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 move on. Because yeah, after that, we yeah. did have a because I, I, I had some questions just about yeah. you know confidence in your setups and and what that means. And I think that's a big difference for you know what what goes into how you set up and your sits. Yeah, that yeah. goes a long way in being able to execute in those final moments. It just yeah. means you're engaged and you're focused. <coughs> yeah. Because I'm you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And you got to look at things like that. Like in a you know that wasn't it, while we were going through it, it was painful, and and really, but but. You almost got to do it like kind of like we've done it and look at it as a as something entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of entertainment, uh, yeah. how'd your clothes look when y'all got back? 
Oh, I, I'm, those pants are in the trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're gone. Yeah. They look like you just razor wired them to pieces. Oh, wi- yeah. oh wildcat got yeah, hold of Yeah, wildcat, yeah. Cougar, <laughs> one of these, these Georgia cougars. Not the kind that you'd want to get a hold of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Oh lord! I'll say this um, because I think we're going to talk about my my version of this hunt and then Andrew's version on next week's uh, breakdown episode. Yeah, but yeah, we're going to get kicked out of this Airbnb. The same same thing (laughs) about like not sending mediocre sign. Me me and Nate, that when we jumped that real big buck and found some great sign, we did two and a half miles that afternoon going back into the spot before we finally set up. And we happened something that was okay. Yeah. Thought there was a chance, but it, it didn't pay out. But um, it's like you almost like we almost like just walked out of, you know, where there's definitely bucks at into stuff that like there was feed, eat, yeah. feeding areas, wild stuff dropping, but it just, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing about, I think we all have a takeaway from is, Keep walking until you find something that is a hundred percent like you. you th- there's an opportunity here. Don't sit up on something that yeah. was just like, I'm tired. I'm just gonna sit here and we're just gonna see what plays out. Or yeah. this is like, yeah. okay. And just it, it's better just to keep walking until. First off, while you're walking, you're also scouting. Yeah. And if yeah. you only have a few days to hunt, you're better off doing that than just randomly going sit in a spot and just hoping and praying that you see a deer. Yeah. Let alone if yeah. you're trying to find a buck. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that that's another huge takeaway from this trip. Uh, well, and the psyche part, you know, that's that's really interesting. That's a, a, actually a really good point. Is uh, the, like if you just, if you sit there and you've been there for like an hour and you're like, man, I ain't gonna see anything. Yeah. You know, like if you keep sitting there, like you're just wanting the hunt to be over. Over. Yeah. And, you know, and, yeah. it, and it your, cut, your brain is not your your. You're not, you know, that's what I told him. It's better to just come back and get rested for tomorrow. Because if you sit there, you're just wait. Not only are you just wasting time, and you're you're beating your psyches, like you said. You're 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 just rein, reinserting bad imagery in your in your brain that that nothing is going to work out right. And so the next time you're out there, you're thinking the same thing again subconsciously. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah, We had we we yeah. talked a lot about that on the way yeah. out of there from yeah. a from a more of an unbeaten perspective yeah because yeah. <laughs> how important that is yeah uh you know yeah. not not as defeated as we were but in normal situations how yeah. much confidence in your setup is, yep. is important mm-hmm. definitely yes. mm. yeah that, that's a great point man i love that because con- yeah. confidence is everything it you is. know heading yeah. in there and and uh and and knowing that you're in the right spot and and acting with confidence and we talk about that all the time with all the different people that we have on like yourself included versus Michael Perry versus Drew Atkinson versus Robert Carter, like all these different guests that we've had on and y'all all do stuff totally different and y'all all have totally different opinions on stuff. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, like you're all confident in what you do, like you're yeah. confident in what you do. And, and I think mm-hmm. that's why you're successful. And I think that's why those other people are successful too, because you, uh, you're, you're, you're doing things right. You know, yeah. like if you really think that you're going to go kill a buck, like you're going to dial your setup, mm-hmm. you're going to yeah. make sure you're positioned right. You're going to make sure you access right. If you, yeah. if you, if you kill your psyche and you're just like, well, I'm just going to go, I need to get in a freaking tree you know, so mm-hmm. I can hunt. Well then you're not going to do all that. You're going to no. clank your platform yeah. like Jacob yeah. did last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ruin their spot. Thanks yeah. Jacob. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And we, oh my yeah. We'll have to talk about that next week. Yeah, accessed but, it so perfectly. I mean, took our. I mean, I'm talking about we snuck in there. I, I don't think I've ever been that stealthy in the woods. And I was impressed. Yeah, and <laughs> we got set up and, yeah, and he one, flung a. Yeah. What was it? A cam buckle? It, you know, it was tether. A, it was a. T- his, it was. Uh, I was hanging, Seth's tether 
And I didn't realize how, dude, like, Nate, you were talking about, like, again, Nate doesn't have a mic, but uh, your lines belt's like a shorter lines belt. Seth's is like a 12-foot-long freaking tether. It and it's not 8 like. millimeter either. No. It, it, <laughs> and, dude, I'm like, I didn't realize how long it was. So, I, he hung his platform. And I go to sling, like, his tether around to help, like, get him tethered into the tree because he was in a weird angle. And, dude, I freaking smack his platform with that carabiner in his rope, man. And it, dude, I mean, we got in so we got in so quiet. I mean, yeah. stealthy. Like, it, it just hurt. I mean, I was so happy with us getting the tree, like, so quietly. And I did that, and it was like calm and go, ding! It was like it was like someone walked in your house yeah. when you're sleeping, like you never heard him get in the house, and all of a sudden yeah. they slam two pots of pans together, and you're like, whoa, like what was that, dude? Like, of course nothing was probably gonna come if it was bed within 150 yards. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, dude, and it was like it sounded like it echoed, like it just like went down the mountain, and I'm like, well, let's see if this plate pans out, and no, we didn't see we didn't see a freaking deer. So, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. know, I. I was, just just one last time. It's because I want what I wanted to get from Shane in that moment when we decided to bail was uh <clears throat> somebody with your experience and you know and your success was was us just screwing that up that bad. But, if you were okay with that, you know, if that was no because I've I'm used to screwing up. Mm-hmm. And oh, the conversation too, yeah. we had was that you you screw up just as much as anybody oh, else. Yeah, gotcha. And yeah. And uh yeah. but you you but you you stay aggressive. Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah. that that was a that was a confirmation for me that, you know, guys that have success they go through the same struggles as most of us. And you, yeah. we talked about how you, you even you still have to make conscious decisions to oh yeah I talked to about, to yeah. keep yourself from either overthinking or being overly aggressive. You mm-hmm. said that's that's one of your things. So yeah. that was that was pretty important to me in the yeah. in the end to knowing that you know it's okay to screw up. We're all going to yeah. keep screwing oh, yeah. up. But yeah, the minute you stop screwing up, um, that I mean it's over for you, you know, as far as learning anything. If you think you're not going to screw up, because that's, that's when you're done, if you think you can't screw up. Because I think up. I even yeah. asked you, yeah. as as low as we were feeling, I said, well, what if we were driving down the road here, and, uh, and uh, you know, we see a buck across the yeah. road right here. We, yeah. well, you know, we going after him? He was like, yeah, yeah. we're going after him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Killed yeah. one of my biggest deer like that. Yeah. And he kind of uh, told me that story, which was yeah. pretty cool. So, yeah. 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 That's uh, awesome, man. Awesome. Any, y'all got any kind of final takeaways from uh, this trip and – the overall experience and just some, uh, I guess, last impressions of it. Man, I had a blast here. It, I mean, it, even I mean, we hadn't we, we hadn't taken anything. Got still got a couple of a couple hours left, but I, I've had an absolute blast up here. It, I I really really appreciate y'all inviting me up. Uh, my, my like I said, my takeaway is it's tough hunting early season, mm-hmm. especially when you're walking in a new property. Uh, but it's tough for everybody that's doing that. So kudos to the guys that can get it done in that kind of situation. And, uh, man, it, you know, I'm, 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 it's definitely a learning experience for me and, um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. That's, that's really what this, this, I looked at this more of, of just like getting, getting my feet wet and, uh, and, and getting to a position where now, uh, the next next couple of weeks and get ready for the season to really start start rolling. You know? Seth, what about you? Yeah, some some of the biggest questions I wanted to answer for myself was to how I would interpret Sion compared to to you guys and Shane along the way, and how I may have done things different. <clears throat> and that kind of gave me an idea on my aggressive level compared to some others. But some of the and some of the key things were what is good sign going to look like, you know, compared to back home. Yeah. Uh, what does good sign look like? Uh, in a place that has where elevation is a big key, terrain is a big key. Um, the amount of scouting, the amount of you know preparation and 
that goes into it because you hear a lot about you know scout 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 hunt scout scout hunt you know yeah. and and then you know I always wonder if a lot of these guys and it was the same thing last year in Kentucky for me if these guys actually you know that that take that approach actually follow through and do that sometimes and that's that was certainly confirmed for me but and then again it was that learning what was good sign yeah um and that's that's and man and i appreciate the opportunity to come up here for sure it was definitely a privilege and i learned so much being here so i mean this guy's not only i mean you can tell he's a sponge but he's 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 he i mean like just so helpful you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like out there, not, not just, you know, but just, uh, it's, it's really good when you're working with somebody that you can have a good rapport with that, that's kind of can kind of get into your mindset. So kudos to, to Seth for, for, for making it really, really awesome. You know, for me, well, thank you. you know, I was yeah. thinking you were going to hate me by no, the end of this. No, no, man. I, I told you, I miss you. Know, I'm, I miss you. You know, like I, I'm, I didn't I'm, tell you, I'll go I'm, home and wish I had him scouting with me. Yeah, Seth, you yeah. come hunt Alabama during yeah. our uh, December January run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, get you a yeah. tag. Yeah, get Seth in front of the camera. Yep. Let's go. Mm. So yeah, it was it was it was a really cool experience, yep. and I think yeah. we we, I mean, we had some success. So we, yeah. you know, the oh, setup yeah. is another big question that's usually in my in my in my bank to get answered and yeah. uh we kind of answered that that we were real close but setups were real important yeah. saw that with jacob last night as well the way we set up yeah. uh for the wind and thermals and the yeah. way the way we set up for what he had pre-scouted so yeah. just some of those key questions as usual yeah. it's pretty consistent no matter where where you go yeah and I, I think one of the like early hunts like this really help you like like for anybody that's thinking about doing something like this do it you know like i've done it in the past but not, not really anything quite like this like hunting four or five days really really early season back to back to back it's usually like a punt here or there but if you can do what we done and get opportunity to do it because uh what it done what it's done for me now is gotten me ahead of the game mm-hmm. you know like it's gotten me prepared i've kind of worked out we worked out some kinks some things like that that i know i got to work on and when you roll in the season and you're trying to do that and you've gotten say you've gotten a big deer that you're wanting to kill early 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 and you don't have those kinks worked out, things like this really help you. Yeah, and man. you can be successful doing it anyway. You know, like we could have had success here. So if you got an opportunity to do a hunt like this, do it because it's going to benefit you in the long run. That's for sure. Absolutely. I couldn't yep. agree with that more. Yep. It's a great primer, it's you know, for the primer. rest of the yep. season, yep. man. Like just like get from getting up the tree to like getting your mindset right, yep. getting your gear dialed, like every yep. aspect. This yep. is especially, you know, because in Alabama, I mean, we're like still a little less than a month out. In yep. Alabama, I mean, mm-hmm. it was like a way early start for yeah, us. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. But mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you guys coming up here. I was really looking forward to this hunt. I like. I've done early season hunts like this in years past, and I've always struggled. Um, last year, I ended up shooting a buck in Georgia, but that was on a place that I had hunted two years previously at the same yeah. time, and I still like it. Took like I think I killed him on like day five. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was, it's, it's a struggle fest, man, but it makes you better. Like this is to me, this is like a, a really, really, really good exercise in like true woodsmanship because you are out yeah. here and you are straight up just reading sign and hunt your way into stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you got to be paying attention. You got to use your ears. Mm-hmm. You got to know like why things are the way they are. Yeah. We're looking for persimmon trees. Mm-hmm. Now, like for my years of experience, I can now look at the map. And I know where a persimmon tree is going to be. Yeah. And so I can go right to those spots and check those persimmon trees as opposed to I just have to walk up and down this mountain until I, yeah, you know, bumble into one. Mm-hmm. Same thing with white oaks, you know, like kind of knowing where they like to grow. Like just woodsmanship like that that shaves <laughs> off 
like potential days of scouting. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we hit the ground on day one, and because you have that woodsmanship experience, you can go right to those spots that you know are going to be good, check them, yeah. and then bounce to the next one rather than like just literally just wandering around till you find something. Yeah. And so that's that's where the woodsmanship comes in, and it's good to kind of flex that muscle early yeah. because now going into October in Alabama, going into the pre-rut, going into colder temperatures and just better hunting conditions, mm-hmm. you're like you're tuned up and you're ready to go. You, yeah. You're already warmed up for the season. Yep. 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 So no, yeah. I, I agree. Like I, I'm very excited now for Alabama season because I'm going to take a lot that we learned and experienced here back home, uh, yep. especially on the feed trees, buck bedding, everything like that. Because I've got a couple spots that. I found some big beds in the past that are in a lot more kind of higher elevation uh, kind of areas in Alabama um, that's got really good feed trees around there. I'm going to try key in on that. And I'll tell you another thing that was really helpful in this hunt, that it's a feature I've never even used, and Shane, you were kind of talking more about it, is on Onyx, the the wide oak filter where yeah. you can put on, oh, yeah. you can put on yeah. this filter. I think it's under like trees and crop uh, filters on, on Onyx where you can select for white oaks or red oaks. And when you had the white oak filter on, how accurate it was, because you were talking yeah. about in some of these areas, when you had, it, it does it in squares. And like, mm-hmm. if you see, if it shows on the map, there's like one square on this ridge line. Yeah. Like you're it's walking there. into yeah. one or two white oaks yeah. almost oh, every yeah. time. Yeah. Now it, 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 you know, like I said, when it, when it's a big group of them, like on the map, it, it, it can get a little bit wonky, but if it's like one one white one block that's kind of separated from everything else, mm-hmm. you can guarantee that's going to be a white oak. Yeah, and that, you know that, that's something you want to target. So that know? that's a huge yeah. fe- feature. I've never really even used that feature mm-hmm. in the past, and you kind of brought it while we we're up here, and it yeah. seems pretty spot on. Yeah. with yeah. Every, all the areas that we walked yeah. into yeah. And, and how it played out. So mm-hmm. that was another real big takeaway from this hunt, and yep. maybe be able to apply that kind of you know in Alabama and even some mm-hmm. of these other hunts we're going to go on, yeah. and kind of key in specifically using those features, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're going to an area that you don't really have a lot of past experience in. Yeah, and you're just kind of going in there and be like, okay, if I'm going to do a, like a, a scout trip where's like the areas that I really need to go and check and like having that on where I can go check specific spots where there's white oaks at, yeah. I think would, would, sev- would quickly shorten the scouting trip. So you can hit these very high spots again, yeah. high spots on the map, not necessarily not talking elevation, but high spots of like um, high interest mm-hmm. and be able to kind of see whether or not this is something I'm going to can keep focusing on or if I'm going to shift to doing something else. Yeah. So well, you um, hear, you hear a lot, everybody, I mean, most of the guys, y'all, especially this summer, heard a lot of people, Michael Perry, mm-hmm. I think it was, um, uh, um, um, the guy from Arkansas, Jonathan Moreland, Jonathan Moreland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking about isolated feed trees. So that, that, you know, especially Michael Perry talking about the isolated white oaks. Mm-hmm. Like I have used that where I'm going now, mm-hmm. uh, going to be hunting this, this entire, uh, fall to do that. With that feature on there, so that that you know, not to give away our secrets, but but everybody can see it, you mm-hmm. know. But to pick out those isolated ones, yeah, that feature on that that is really really good. Absolutely, so, yeah. that's awesome. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, appreciate you guys joining us, uh, both uh, Seth, Shane, and also Nate right here. Thank y'all for coming up. This has been a it's been a, it's been a cool trip. Yep. It's been an awesome trip. A lot of learning curves, a lot of good experience. But you know, this isn't the end of this. I think mm-hmm. maybe at some point we may try to come back up yes, and uh, and hunt again, but. Um, appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Appreciate everybody watching the podcast. Again, this is a video version, so you can go watch this. Which, you know, if you're already made to the end of this podcast uh, at this point, uh, if you want to go see the video version and actually see uh, Shane being a little more uh, <laughs> animated, animated, animated. Uh, definitely go check it out. But appreciate everybody watching. Appreciate everybody listening. And guys, we'll put you back here on next week's episode of the Southern Outdoor Podcast. Y'all stay safe.
Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no-brainer. You gotta be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.